It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables right there talking about the spring game. Not a lot of correcting going on out there. Just wanted guys to fly to the football, do their jobs, uh, be able to go back, watch the film, detail it, meeting with the players, kind of air quotes, exit interview type of deal at the end of spring ball there, valuations, plans for the future, what they need to work on, uh, what they goal weight, stuff like that for the, for the offseason conditioning. Um, so that'll be good. Um, we talked right there before we hit the break about what we project the starting defensive line to be. Uh, yeah. Bothroyd, we both agree. Luulu, Co, we both agree. And I, it's funny. I've seen, like, what what Trace Ford play? Five snaps in the game? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe five snaps. <laughs> and he didn't practice at all this week or this spring for the most part. I think maybe the last week he's finally started getting some reps. But even watching him in just a handful of plays out there, I, I had forgot that he was going to be playing. And my first reaction was, who was that guy? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's Trace Ford. So he immediately pops whenever you see him out there he's athletic he's fast he's explosive um i i as long as he's healthy and he has a good summer and stays healthy through fall camp that's kind of where i'm leaning for that other well, defensive I, I, I think you spot. have to i i mean he could have he could have gone to usc he could have come back to oklahoma state like i think wherever he settled on it was always going to be under the assumption of okay if he gets healthy Wherever he plays next year, he's going to be a starter. Like I, I just yeah. feel like that was always going to be the assumption. And I think the defensive line can be good this year. Again, for like the third time, I do think it's the biggest question mark on the team. But like as a sign of the situation, think about those four names that we just mentioned. Uh, Lulu is a transfer, right? Bothroyd is a transfer. Trace Ford is a transfer. And a couple of those are very quick, you know, one-year rental type of guys. So – these are good players. A couple of these are accomplished players, but it just goes to show that they've got to start landing those elite defensive linemen and developing those guys because these guys can be good players, but they're almost a Band-Aid on the, on the situation before going to the SEC. Yeah. Nope, that's, that's right. Um, now, I thought Adebare looked good out there at times. Um, he's just He's got so much upside um super raw still and you know it's it's gonna take him a little bit of time i would expect by by the end of training camp after a a summer in this strength and conditioning program and then fall camp my guess is by the time we kick the football off next year i'm not saying that he's going to be uh, anywhere near his ceiling but I'm guessing he's going to be a totally different football player than, than what we saw this spring. And I'm not saying that he was bad this spring by any means. He's just – he's got so much growth available to him more than 
maybe anyone else we we've seen um he's gonna he's gonna make massive jumps like continuously so that's going to be fun to watch that unfold and i think your two edge guys at least right now for the future are uh out of barre and r mason thomas like those are the two guys yep. that you're hoping continue to get bigger stronger more physical um you know more and i feel good about both of those down. guys doing just yeah. that like I, I'm, I'm pretty high on both of those guys like maybe Adabari has the higher ceiling. I don't think that's a maybe. That's probably the case because his ceiling is maybe a top 15 pick. Oh, that's pick, the case. Our, our, Mason, is... our Mason Thomas is it can be legit too, and I think he might be. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Interior, though, like we got a bunch of edge guys right now. Like We haven't even mentioned uh, Grimes or Downs. And remember, Downs is just, uh, what, is he going into his junior year? Third third year yeah yeah going into third his third year. year so he's got he's got more eligibility left stripling was out there getting reps so we've got a bunch of edge guys uh the interiors where we have been and will continue to be thin now i like Luulu a lot i think he's got some really good upside now he's moved from the edge and he's playing in the interior it's I mean, there's carryover, but it's a new technique. He's going to have to really focus on playing lower, uh, using his pad level better. But I actually think that he's got a chance to do some really good damage on the interior. All right, how about this uh, text line? Everyone's got a hot take coming out of Saturday, right? So either your hot take from the game on Saturday or a hot take that you have about the season now based on what we saw on Saturday. 405-651-3439. We'll get to those this hour. Let's do – let's get MVPs in. Let's start with the offense. Who was the offensive MVP? Because, really, if you even wanted to do an entire team MVP, I don't think that there's an obvious one. Like, maybe I would go with Kip Lewis. But who was the MVP on the offensive side? (sighs) MVP on the offensive side? Um – Jackson Arnold, <laughs> I mean, Jackson he could, Arnold, be, maybe. could be in consideration, seriously. He had the best Gav- throw of the day, best two throws of the day, really. Gavin Freeman, maybe. How many catches did Gavin Freeman have? Uh, he didn't just have the one, did he? I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, maybe Jackson Arnold. That's that's who, uh, that's who, you know, um, that's who left the biggest impression on me. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, and, and I hadn't thought about – I guess well, I thought about offensive MVP, but like where Jackson Arnold really stands is, yeah, if not him, then who else? I mean, he did deliver the biggest play of the day for the offense in a day that the offense was really kind of limited. You know, the, yeah. the longest play of the day, at least through the air, it feels like that was that play. And if Jaden Gibson catches that ball in the back of the end zone, it's probably without question Jackson Arnold is the yeah. is the MVP of the offense. Well, I – uh, how are you going to da- uh, uh, dock Jackson Arnold? He put the ball in the guy's hands. I mean, well, that that's doesn't... what I'm saying. You can't. Yeah, I yeah, just so. if Jaden Gibson catches it, it's it's even more obvious because the offense wins. Yeah, Pro- I-, I thought the backs were all around solid. I thought um, Tawi Walker's what you think physical, tough to bring down. I thought Sawchuck looked really athletic. Caught that one uh, pass was really nice. 
Um, I thought the two freshmen looked good, Hicks and um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Smothers. On, uh, Smothers. Smothers. Smothers had a really nice run. Um, I thought I thought the running backs looked looked good. I think there's a chance that now we're going to be really inexperienced, but I think the running back room is going to be deep. Jeez, uh, defensive MVP. I'm looking at the stat sheet, and I swear there's like 15 TFLs to account for in the stat sheet, and a lot of sacks too. Uh, Kip Lewis had 11 tackles, led the team, he two TFLs. Well. Yeah, he did. Pearson had seven tackles, one TFL. I like him a lot. Harrington had six tackles. Grayson Halton had a heck of a day, too. Five yeah. tackles, two sacks, and two TFLs. So who's the defensive MVP, Kip Lewis or Grayson Halton? Well, in my opinion, it's Justin Harrington. Six um, tackles? But you can go you can go with any of those guys. Um, I, I thought Kip Lewis showed really well, man. He, he makes plays. The guy is productive. He can tackle. He can run. Um, has great footwork, just a little on the light side. That's it. But I, I really like his trajectory, man. He's still really young, just a redshirt freshman. He's got plenty of time to continue to develop. But I, I think the future looks really bright for Kip Lewis. Uh, a lot of uh, Davis Bevel MVPs on yeah. the uh, on the text line right now, and good for him, nice man. Throws. I mean, he. Yeah, yeah, he, he missed a guy in the end zone, but comes back with a with a touchdown to get the offense back in the game. So, uh, so good for him. Let me get to some hot takes here from the four hundred five. I'm buying all of the R. Mason Thomas stock. Don't know how much stock is left, but yeah, that's a good place to start. Nine one eight with the interior thinness and Downs weight. Is it crazy to think of using of, of moving him inside? That's been a popular thought for a while now. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy, but he's, we got everyone complaining about how small our defensive line is. And then we're wanting to move a guy that's like 265, maybe 270 in there. Uh, I don't know. Perhaps I think he's, I think he's better suited on the edge, at least for now. Like if he continues to to pack on weight, maybe you end up having that conversation, but I don't know. I mean, he's he just needs to focus on edge and better technique, and he's got to develop a, a little bit more fluid of a pass rush. I I don't even know what his like what his go to move is, and I don't know he. He just he need, he holds point well. He's physical. He's strong. Uh, just needs to be a little more fluid there. Uh, defensive MVP was the second team offensive line. That's a uh, texture of the nine one eight. Peyton says top thirty defense inbound. Eight three two twenty nine. The running back Law, uh, Walker looks like a stud. Why he is, is he not getting more buzz? Um, well, he's not getting more buzz because of. Barnes and Sawchuck, but do I think he's going to have a role in this offense? Like he showed once again Saturday, he's he's tough to bring down, man. And there weren't a whole lot of running lanes for those running backs, but I thought he and Sawchuck, um, you you can just tell at times if someone's hard to bring down. And both those guys were, yep, that's that's kind of what I thought that you were going to get out of those two. They're they're, they're both yeah. tough to bring down. Um, boy, it felt like Pearson made about 
six or seven plays in a row, didn't it? I know, the, man. The Golly. Half. Are, are, are we you, got good uh, depth at safety, man. Well, and that's what I was saying, telling Parker is, you know, when we talk about it on the recruiting side, you know, we, we keep giving it up to DeMarco Murray for, man, he's got two sophomore backs that might be your one-two. He's got two freshmen behind those guys. He's going to get a couple more running backs in this year's class that are good. Like, running back is in a really good situation right now. There's a lot of depth there. But safety, you can say the same thing right now. Like, if, if Pearson and, and Bowman are your two starters, I'm, I'm good with that. We can roll with that. And then if Bowen is a third guy there, or Key Lawrence, like they, they've got so much depth at safety, and they just got another four-star on Saturday. They're in a really good spot there. Or I, at least I, I think they're in a really good spot. Yeah. Um, they've, got, they've got four guys that I think could start. Actually, they've got five. You've got uh, Billy Bowman. You've got Key Lawrence. You've got Peyton Bowen. And you've got uh, Pearson. But you've also got Justin Harrington, who, like, if something were to happen at at, um, safety and they needed him to play safety, he could move from the cheetah spot and play safety, um, you know, if they needed to, to bring someone else in. So, like they've got, they got five, at least five, capable yep. guys back there at safety, which is, you know, it's nice. It's an <laughs> it's embarrassment nice. of nice. riches compared to what we've had over the the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's the most uh, safety depth that I can remember in a while. It's it's what you're trying to do on the defensive line right now, you know. I yeah. mean, you, you need more than five bodies on the defensive line, but you you know the comparison I'm making here. Like that's sure. that's trying to where, where that's where you're trying to get to on the D line. And if you can get there, then we're really going to be talking about uh, something special on defense. Hey, by the way, I'm at Wonder House Furniture Consignments Robinson Crossing Shopping Center here in Norman. Gently used high end furniture. They really do it all: uh, upholstering, custom window coverings, uh, custom bedding and pillows. Come by to their store here in the Robinson Crossing Shopping Center, 1284 North Interstate Drive, or give them a call, 405-701-4048. That's 405-701-4048, Wonder House Furniture Consignment right here in Norman. All right, uh, quick timeout. Hit us on the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. From the gridiron to the hardwood to the diamond no one covers the sooners like we do if it's sooner sports we have you covered 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year this is the home of sooner fans it's time for our under the radar segment brought to you by boyd street ventures boyd street ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under the radar sooner startups learn how you can help support ou innovation at boydstreetventures.com under the radar this weekend were the Diamond Sports because, uh, well, the spring game was going on in town. But their performances were not under the radar. I'd say that. Um, We'll start with softball. And I knew it was a bad idea at the time. I knew it was bad for Baylor to try to talk some smack and say that OU was really the team that was intimidated. If you're going to talk smack, at least score a run. At least score one run in a three-game series at home. Baylor couldn't even do that. Teddy, that is the – so OU's played four – Big 12 series this year in softball. And in three of those four, the opposing team has failed to score more runs than the total amount of wins that OU's got over the weekend. Mm. 
So, for instance, Tech scored zero runs against OU. OU had three wins. Baylor scored zero runs. OU had three wins. Iowa State scored three runs. OU had three wins over them. That's three out of their four conference series this year. Crazy. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Yeah, what um, didn't score a run. Who so Jordy pitched the first one and then who was second? Who threw the second? Uh, game? I think Starocco because they played a doubleheader on Saturday. I think Starocco was the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday and then Nicole May the third. So after another shutout from Jordy Ball, I think she's at like a one point one two ERA. Um, they got a couple of games coming up this week and then a home series against Kansas. Jordy throws up some more zeros. They're going to have three pitchers, three starting pitchers with a sub-1 ERA because the mm-hmm. other two are already like easily there, which is just crazy. So, yeah, OU softball, um, they were great again this weekend. I think they can wrap up the conference with a three-game sweep over Kansas. They don't even have to uh, win any games in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. Like they, They'll probably have the conference wrapped up before even that final conference series. Did Oklahoma State got swept this week, right? Yeah, swept by Texas. Wow. That that um, dork Mike White kind of did owe you a favor. So mm, you ever want to uh, thank him for anything, it's that. I'll go with uh, Carter Campbell. How about uh, the baseball team sweeping Texas? And uh, Carter Campbell's named the Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. He got a win, got a save down there in the, uh, in the series against number 14, Texas. They needed that. That was big time to go down there and win all three of those. Uh, gosh, that's the first time in a long time that they've swept Tech. Is that the first time they've ever swept swept them in Austin? It's the first time they've ever swept Texas in Austin and the first time they've swept Texas since 1998. Woo. Yeah, they were in, like, last place in the in the conference uh, going into that. And then, like, I mean, like, seriously, like, that's that's something that can change your, your season around. And David yeah. Pierce, Texas head coach, was uh, a tad frustrated in the postgame on Saturday night talking about his team's play. But OU pitched very, very well down there, especially uh, Carter Campbell, who you mentioned there. That was uh, just what the doctor ordered for OU baseball, to go down there and sweep them. That, that, was, yeah. that was awesome. Very, very good stuff. Yeah. How about that? Diamond Sports getting it done over the weekend. 6-0. and Pretty good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good weekend for sure. Uh, let's see. Greg from Lawton says, talk crap about OU softball and you will die nasty. So that's a play on words from the, uh, dynasty there. Uh, um, nice. Camo Sooner says, why is there not a kicking for chicken ref shirt? We need one. I loved everyone that was tweeting at us on Saturday when the kicking for chicken happened. The dude made it. And did the offense get points for that? Yeah. For the made field goal? Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, was it the off? Was it the offense that? Yeah, I think the right. offense got points for the kicking for chicken made field goal, which is great. That's very good. And then uh, I thought the catching the punts was cool uh, with Valai and Demarco, Demarco going at it. Which Demarco, I mean, that was a Sunday walk, wasn't it? I mean, the dude. I don't know if he even had to take a step. He's just calm, no big deal, catching punts. And they hung Valai out to dry on that one bad punt. He had to go run and dive for it. It was pretty uh, funny. Yeah. So um, what what what'd you think about what uh, Brent said before the game? I did have to laugh because he was like, uh, lock arms, lock arms, goal line to goal line, 
goal line to goal line. And they weren't really getting the memo that let's try to make this as close to the goal lines as possible. It looked more like 20 to 20. But uh, I think he called J.D. Runnels out at one point, maybe. What, yeah. would you, Get your hands you together, J.D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. I thought that was funny. It was awesome to see those guys out there. Um, really cool. All, all in all, um, went really well. Now, the quote that's been getting some some mileage is the, if if you think that spring game attendance doesn't matter, well, then your program doesn't matter, right? That's that quote's been getting some mileage. Everyone's talking was that, about was that. that the, was that the exact quote? I mean, that's basically yeah, what like he was that. meaning. I I think it, that it's it's close enough. But it is interesting how the fan bases that were upset, like they kind of <laughs> he kind of revealed who he was talking about. They they showed their own face on that, especially the OSU fans. You know, saying like, right. "Oh, Brent's obsessed with us." Like I didn't mention you guys by name, but. Sounds like the insecurity maybe just popped up for you there. I, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I could be wrong on this, but I don't think he was really talking about anyone. All right? I don't, am I wrong on that? I don't think he um, necessarily had I, anyone in mind. I want to believe that Brent has enough petty in him that he was talking about someone's, um, so I'm just going to stick with that. Who do you I, think I, it would have been? Wrong. Oklahoma State, they didn't even have a spring game, right? So probably them. At least There's that's what I, no what I want to believe. There's no way. I, if he had someone in mind, it would, it would not be Oklahoma State. And nothing against Oklahoma State, but it would be against, like, it would be like Texas or someone that they're, they – They're beneath are, him to even mention? That's what you're saying? No, Man. I'm saying that – it would be someone that is saying that on the recruiting trail on someone that they're like both teams are recruiting. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I, I want to believe it was more than one team is what I want. A couple of them being in the SEC. Three one Oh says, what do you win and kicking for chicken? You've obviously have never seen it or heard it live. Free Chick-fil-A for a year is what you win. Come on. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I guess I guess there were two made uh, kicking for chicken, so I guess both teams got points off of that. So oh wow, that's, that's good that the offense and defense got uh, got points for that one. No, it was um, Saturday was a fun day again. I think Kyler did an awesome job. I'll tell you, a lot of those former players made their way to uh, Yo Pablo after the game. Oh yeah, uh, Baker was over there. Orlando Brown and his foxtail that he has uh, was over there. Sterling Shepard was over there. Um, Grant Calcaterra was over there. Blake Bell was over there. And as you can imagine, Baker, more than anyone, was just getting hounded for photos and autographs. Sure. And I got to give it up to him and Blake Bell and all the other guys that were there. Like, there were so many people asking for autographs and, and, and photos, and they were nice as could be with every OU fan that came up. Took every picture, signed every autograph. I know it's a little bit of a pain, especially when you're trying to leave. Baker's wife, Emily, was trying to corral him out of Yo Pablo, and he was like, no, I'm good. And he, he sat there for a good while and, you know, uh, was, was nice to all the fans. So, so good on those guys for, for acting that way. That was actually cool to see. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, class act by those guys. Um, very cool. 
Yeah, man, it was it was a uh, it was a good crowd, good good group of guys that were there. Um, I I don't know. I guess what'd you think? What was your final prediction? Did you nail it? 54? 84 to 82? Oh, yeah. I, I think I said uh, 54. I said 52 initially and then moved it up to 54 uh, on Look Friday. So I was four, 409 people off. So it was, nice. it, it, was, it was quite the guess, yes. So, yeah, I, we said it last week. Anything over 50K with that weather would be really well attended. I think they were number six overall this spring in terms of spring game attendance. It was either five or six. I think it's six. So yeah, it was it was it was well attended. Yeah. It was a good day all the way around, and and I could tell by and I think we ran the audio clip at the top of the four o'clock hour, but in no means was it perfect, you know. But it felt like Brent overall was pretty happy with the product that they put out on the field. Yeah, you agree with that? Oh yeah. Well, uh, I, hmm, I think I guess I've got no reason to think. Otherwise, I feel like he would have he would have mentioned something that he wasn't pleased with. But I mean, I think it all went pretty well, um, you know, considering. And he talked about beforehand. Uh, you know, I, I went to the alumni uh, brunch, and he was there, and he was talking about and was talking about how limited they were on the offensive line. So, uh, I, I think they kind of expected some of the stuff to happen that did, like all the. You know the tackles for loss and the defense kind of caving in the the O line there quite a bit. So I think they expected that. Um, he mentioned a couple. Well, of well the that's a good thing stuff. that it happened then, right? Um, maybe they'd yeah. be a little bit more worried about the defensive line, like given the situation, no they didn't cave him in every single snap. Well, yeah, no kidding. That's right. So yeah, I I think I think given everything, no one no injuries coming out of it. Like that's that's one of the things that you really worried about. No injuries, came out clean, had a really exciting finish to it, just like you would want two-point conversion to win it late. was awesome. So, yeah, I think you got to call it a success. Now, uh, the only thing that you can complain about is the weather, but that doesn't do you any good. So, uh, yeah. Now, did did we get any uh, commitments. commitments out of it? Yes. Yeah. Um, ah. Actually, before the game started, you got a four-star safety Jaden Hardy out of Louisville, Texas, six foot one seventy five, picked OU at a, uh, over Tennessee, A and M, Oregon, some others. Like he had a Bama offer too, and I, I think that that's important because um, yeah, he's four star safety, and we talked about the safety depth that you're acquiring. But his dad played at Tennessee, and his dad was an NFL linebacker, and Tennessee's got more momentum as a team and in recruiting that they've had in like twenty years, you know. So yeah. to get a Tennessee legacy that's a really good player now uh like over over tennessee like that's that's pretty impressive what's his name again the player Jaden hardy is the uh is the kid's name okay nice well uh that's good a couple of uh couple of commitments what have we heard about the texas wide receiver that you spoke with on saturday um (laughs) just kind of waiting for that announcement to to be made this week that's that's kind of where we're at with that one he What's, gave me what, a pretty good indication that OU is the OU's the move here. We're just waiting on the the edit to drop on social media. It's taken this long to get an edit out there. What, Think what so? You, yeah. Huh. Um, maybe he had to re up his Canva subscription for the year. I'm I'm not real sure. Maybe Hayes Fawcett 
who's the edit guy on social media is taking too long? I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe he's letting it calm down for a couple of days before he makes his announcement. I have no idea. But I, I'd be shocked if that one doesn't happen. Portal wide yeah. receiver from Texas, Brendan Thompson. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, he's, he's supposed to be a stud. He's supposed to be a really, really good player. So I guess our, I, hopefully people have uh, calmed down a little bit on the recruiting uh, side of things. I know everyone yeah. gets panicked and anxious and, and worried that we're not getting a bunch of uh, a bunch of D-linemen. That, that's where, like, I think everyone's good with recruiting right now. Like, quarterback recruiting's in a good spot. Like, really everywhere. I don't run down every position. You get the point. There will be, like, the overall mood of this recruiting class will almost solely depend on what they do on the defensive line. And I get that. Like, they need to do, they need to get more elite defensive linemen, and they have an opportunity to land more than than just one. Like, they have an opportunity to land two, three, four elite defensive linemen. So they need to to close this cycle. But whatever the mood of the 24 class is is going to depend on just that, even if you – Already gotten some good commitments from other players outside of D-line. Nice. Yeah, well, um, and we're in on some good guys, in on the top guys, so hopefully we get something out of that. You would would think that we would, so we'll see. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. The Ref Radio Sports (laughs) Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at WYG? Communication is a priority. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, Just a couple of things here. Uh, Former Georgia defensive tackle Bear Alexander, um, did what a lot of people thought he was going to do right from the very beginning, Tyler. I think you mentioned it right out of the gate. He's going to the University of Southern Cal. Yeah, and he mentioned, I'm trying to find the direct quote. He had a few quotes in there that was like, eh, okay. First, he's leaving Georgia because he was just a third down specialist last year, and he thinks he's a first, second down player as well. He's saying he's uh, saying he's going there because of Lincoln Riley, which is a little bit ironic, but whatever. And he was asked about all the teams that pursued him in the transfer portal, and it was, well, everyone wants a bear. Who wouldn't want Bear Alexander? Like mentioning himself that way. So is okay. Uh, go have a nice time out there at USC, bud. Good luck. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I guess you know, some people say there's there's some issues there, but. Uh, still, defensive lineman out to USC, uh, highly coveted. Uh, that's a big land for the University of Southern Cal. Uh, the only other thing I had was this, Tyler. SEC is considering forfeiture of a future home game as punishment for uh, field storming. Wow. I, uh, yeah, I, they, they, they want to... They want to do something so strict that they never have these incidents again because I guess when Tennessee stormed the field against Alabama last year, yeah. uh, there was an incident with one of the Alabama players. I got to think that this is just a threat. Like, hey, if this continues, these are things to come. Dude, there is, with as much money as at stake, there is no way that you could ever tell Tennessee or anyone else, hey, if you storm the field again after beating your biggest rival, 
then we won't let you host. Like, there are too many people affected by that. There's no way they could do that. At least I don't think. That's way well, too harsh. I guess, you know, they could implement the rule. And if they implement the rule, I mean, I'm sure that's got to be voted in by the uh, the member institutions. But if if you implement it, they're going to have, like, snipers on top of the stadium shooting people if they try and run out there. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a- Yeah, so so for people that don't know exactly what we're referencing, like uh, Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated is reporting this, that the SEC is considering harsher, uh, harsher penalties for field storming. So amongst those punishments being considered, the forfeiture of home games. So, for instance, um, when Tennessee beat Alabama, if Falls fans take to the field at Neyland Stadium, then Tennessee would lose their next home game against Bama. So Bama would get three consecutive home games against Tennessee. That's why I just say that's way too harsh, man. I know they want to stop that. I know it's probably inevitable until until something really bad happens. But imagine that, man, taking a Tennessee home game away when they play Alabama. Um, The last thing, uh, I thought I'd mention this. I thought this was a great quote by Jalen Hurts after signing the huge contract. Uh, said he has mixed emotions about it, um, you know, recognizes how much money it is and how thankful he is, but he's just hungry to win. Money is nice, he said, but championships are better. So uh, I thought that was that was a good deal by Jalen Hurts. I think the big story in college football today is probably uh, what's going on at Colorado. So Colorado scholarship football players from the 2022 team Still on the roster. So, like, as of April 10th, they had 51 scholarship players um, from the 2022 team. Colorado currently has just 23 scholarship players mm. as of today uh, on, like, the whole the team before Dion arrived. There's been a mass exodus from Boulder. Do you think that is um, some players looking for new ventures out there, or is this just uh, some processing going on by Dion? Uh, it's, there's probably a little bit of both. Um, I, I, I'm sure there's some guys that have been told you're not going to play here, so you might as well get in the portal. Um, I'm sure there's some other guys that maybe weren't told that specifically, but maybe feel like the environment has been perhaps a little too hostile towards the guys that were already there, you know, and, He's been pretty adamant whenever he's come out and the way that he's talked about it, and you know it is what it is. So I, there's probably a little bit of both, but I'd say the majority is Dion telling guys they're not going to play. But you got to be careful. Well, you don't want to lose your entire Seriously. roster. <laughs> the two biggest plays of the game for uh, OU on Saturday were arguably made by two true freshmen, five stars from Denton Geyer. One, the uh, the Jackson Arnold throw to tie it, and two. Peyton Bowen's interception. Yeah. Jeff Levy said after the game, quote, Peyton made an unbelievable play. That's one of the best plays I've seen, end quote. It's pretty high yeah. praise. It was. It was great. I mean, to be able to – he took the speed off. He's, you know, he's isolated there as a half-field safety, and you got uh, an unrestricted player running a go ball right past you, and to be able to do exactly what he did is – that is big time for sure. He's a stud now. Um, to pick it up at safety is not easy. They ask a lot of those guys. There's a lot of adjustments, and you know they've said it from the beginning that he he just gets it. He gets it 
you know, way quicker, way better than, than most people do. So hopefully he continues to progress, man. He's got, a, he's got a high ceiling. Last one we mentioned earlier, uh, how much Nebraska struggled offensively in their spring game. They fumbled eight times, two interceptions, two uh, failed fake punts, and two for four on field goals. But the feel-good moment of the day, uh, they brought back Frank Solich, which was really cool, and then they brought him out to midfield, and they showed a video of Nebraska's new locker room. They are naming it after Frank Solich. So I thought – nice. One, it was cool to honor him. Two, it was, well, we're not just going to honor you. We're going to name the locker room after you. Like, good, good on Nebraska for doing that. That's that's pretty neat. Here's how dumb I am. Obviously, I knew he coached there uh, as the head coach, and I knew that he was, uh, you know, obviously on Osborne's staff for a long time. I did not know that he was a fullback there. Really? Yeah. So... The more you know, right? He's, ne- he's Nebraska through and through weekend. until yeah. he got fired there and went to Ohio for several years. But, no, good, good. It, it, uh, the weather in Norman was not great. The weather in Lincoln was uh, looked like it was even worse. Colorado had snow at their spring game. Yeah. A packed house and some snow. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next. Stay with us. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network, and worldwide on the KREF app. It is the rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I've got Wonder House Furniture Consignment, gently used, high-end furniture. They got it here at Wonder House. 1284 North Interstate Drive in Norman. Come check them out in the Robinson Crossing Shopping Center. Or give them a call, 405-701-4048. That's 405-701-4048. Teddy is at the Newcastle Casino today, and Greg from Lawton wants to know if the new storming the field rule in the SEC is for when Texas finally beats uh, Vandy at home. Uh, yeah? Perhaps. That would be amazing if Texas was the first team. They uh, they storm the field, and they're the first team that gets a home game taken away. No it's, kidding. It's Vandy. It would be great. I wonder if with that – um, I guess that would also count in neutral site games, so we'd have to say goodbye to that <laughs> at the Cotton Bowl. Yes, OU fans rush the field at the Cotton Bowl. They can't take away a home game against Texas, or maybe right. they'll just make a they'll make you switch ends. Like I think Mac forever was. Well, it's unfair. They get to sit over there by the tunnel, and you know he was always complaining about that. So maybe they'll finally make a, or let Texas fans switch to the. Oh, you into the Cotton Bowl. Who knows? I don't know. I, that that rule makes me roll my eyes, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's unfair that we sit by the end with the tunnel, but it's totally fair that the game 100% of the time takes place in the state of Texas, right? <laughs> it's true. It's Yeah, it's, it's accurate. I think Barry – by God, Switzer referenced that a few times. Like, last time I checked, the game's still in Texas. Uh, 918, storming the field rule is so Nick Saban and Kirby Smarts. Well, you know, there, there is a sense of, like, I don't think Vanderbilt is, like, uh, pounding the table like they want the new rule, right? Or... Uh, it's it's got to be it's the top teams, you know, because 
that's when you lose, that's what happens. People storm the field against you. And, you know, in their defense, it it puts their players in what can be dangerous situations because, you know, there's not always, but often you see, like, the student sections, they want to run right up to the uh, other team's players and get in their face and say stuff to them. I mean, it is a dangerous situation. We've seen all kinds of altercations and players punching students and all kinds of things. So they do have a point, but I don't know. I I feel like you really, like, sanitize the sport whenever you take away stuff like that, right? Yeah, I know. I I agree. Hey, real quick before we hit the top of the hour, 24-7 has the new post-spring top 30 because, of course – Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Texas is at 13, uh, TCU's at 17, K-State's at 20, Tech is at 27, OU wasn't even in the top 30, they also weren't considered. They considered UTSA, Minnesota, Iowa, Miami, UCF, Baylor, SMU, and Troy. So it doesn't even look like they have OU in the top 40 at 24-7, whatever. There you go. You've earned it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. we got the final hour next. From the gridiron to the hardwood to the diamond, no one covers the Sooners like we do. If it's Sooner Sports, we have you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. This is the home of Sooner fans. 